0: com promo code bubble
1: hello a lot of moving parts here folks i'm gonna say sorry for the late start but i'm pretty much just a minute off not bad cleaning up spills trying to find my water But we're ready to go. Thank you, Rhett. Hope you have a nice weekend. Hope you have fun with your girl, Kat. Very attractive woman. Very happy for Rhett. Welcome to the Anna Hummel Show. I'll be with you for the next, I always say about an hour, but then I just have too much fun. Um, I guess I just love listening to the sound of my own voice. I suppose, but I will take calls today eight one three ninety Bubba. So you can tell me what a uh, what a piece of shit I am for some some things I may or not uh, may or may not have said. It's always a surprise to find out what makes people tick. And um, and again, I will I will reiterate what I said yesterday about you know. People on the right getting mad with you versus people on the left um, or people who are more conservative versus liberal. I understand everybody has their things that upset them, offend them. And I I don't get it, actually. I was going to say I get it, but actually I don't understand it. Um, I don't understand it because it's not personal, Right. I've never been offended in my life by someone saying something about a group of people I happen to belong to by virtue of my beliefs or my political affiliation or uh, my gender or the gender I identify as or whatever my immigrant status Uh, I've never been upset by especially a stranger saying things about, you know, if so, you know, I I feel like the obvious one is like the Jew thing, um, because that's like the most minority thing, I guess, about me, uh, because there's not very many Jews out there and um, they don't have a a, there's a, a long history of people not liking Jews. So people are really sensitive about it. And that makes sense to me. But when people come out and they say things like Kanye West or uh, any sort of Nick Cannon, I remember, said a few things about uh, Jewish people. I believe there was a, a woman. I think it was uh, CUNY. I don't know if it's like Sunni. Whatever. Sunni. I don't know. Um, a valedictorian Muslim woman comes out. I, I didn't actually hear it. But secondhand, it sounds like she had some choice things to say about Israel and, and the Jews. Uh, for her valedictorian speech, which is an, an odd place to make a political statement. But is it really? Because, I mean, you got the spotlight. Why not use it? But when people say things about a group that I belong to, let's just say Jewish people, I don't care. I don't know. It, d- it doesn't affect me. It doesn't change my physiology at all. It doesn't increase the cortisol in my blood. I just go, yeah, hey, I'm, we're not for everybody, I guess. I don't know. Um, The only time I can remember being offended, and it's been a while, is when someone has said something about Anna Hummel. When someone says, you are like this, like when Seth called me career lazy. That hurt my feelings, and I was offended. But that makes sense, because that's not just a blind, like, oh, women are dumb. I hear that shit all the time from my boyfriend. No, I'm kidding. Um, You know, women are dumb, or... Uh, women belong in the kitchen. I mean, you know who I work with, please. I work with Bubba, Dan. I, I hear what they, you hear what they say on the air. It's a lot worse when they are when they don't have a microphone in front of them. And I don't care because they're allowed to have those thoughts. It doesn't offend me. It doesn't mean that I have to fall into that group of whatever. It just, it doesn't bother me. I don't know. And oftentimes, you know, stereotypes are kind of rooted in reality, in truth. So um, I just laugh it off. I go, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we belong in the kitchen, yeah, our brains are smaller. Whatever, like, it takes all the wind out of someone's sail when you just, like, go along with it. And it's like, sometimes it's in jest, sometimes it's like, I'm 50% joking, and I really don't care. And I actually really like the fact that people feel comfortable saying whatever the fuck in front of me without even worrying, without even blinking an eye that it's going to offend me or upset me. Um, But the only thing that ever really has offended me is someone... Um, like saying, on you are X or Y or whatever." I uh, had an old roommate that I lived with in Michigan. Um, we were like the odd couple. We did not date. It was it was a man. He was from the Indian subcontinent, and um, it. it I didn't know anybody when I moved to Michigan. Much like I didn't know anybody when I moved to Florida, and I lived with uh Chinese refugees. It was a similar situation in Michigan, where when I moved to Michigan, um, I connected with someone on the uh, online Facebook group of my cohort uh, at grad school. So it's like, all right, we're all, you know, we were the inaugural evolutionary psychology class of this one program at Oakland University. And so we kind of started a Facebook group and started chatting. And many, many, many people in that cohort were coming from out of state. So we didn't know anything about Michigan, anything about Detroit, where to live, who to live with. You know, most of us were not getting stipends from university, so we needed affordable living, et cetera, et cetera. So we connected that way, and I ended up living with this guy who I honestly haven't thought about in a decade. It ended very poorly. But the first, like, year and a half was phenomenal. Like, he was from India. Um, I had a lot of respect for him. He he really did his best to try to assimilate the best that he could, showing reverence and respect for the his his host country. And he had been here for a few years, but um, it's funny. Even the way he spoke English, he he realized when he first moved here, because he spoke English fluently when he moved to the States. He went to Ball University originally uh, for his master's and then was doing his PhD at Oakland University. So we shacked up, not in a sexual way, and um, he's like, yeah, I, I speak a lot differently than I used to when I first moved here. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, when I first moved here, I would speak like English the way they taught it in India with a heavy accent and he realized that nobody could understand him so he started to like relearn how to say English words with an American accent and he did a phenomenal job and so he knew that that would help make him more successful and it, it certainly did because he was gonna have to do a lot of public speaking things being a PhD student yada 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 Um So anyways, uh, he this guy uh, said some hurtful things on his way out, you know, um, something because I had told him some things about my situation where, you know, I didn't get into all the grad schools I'd applied to because I kind of fucked around after my undergrad. Most of the time people just slip right into grad school. I did not. I fucked around for about three years Went overseas, went yeah. bartended, like, did things that I think I would tell any young person to do. Like, go see some shit. Go, go on a plane and it's a, with a one-way ticket, and you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know who you're going to meet. You, you don't know what adventures you're going to have. You know, sometimes life is, is best lived when it's unplanned. I wouldn't say that for all of your life, but there is, like, a, a critical... At least this is the way I do it. I'm not going to say this is how everybody should do it. But, you know, there's like this this beautiful window of time, especially after college, where no one really expects anything from you. Oh, you're 21, you're 22, you work at, I don't know, Abercrombie. Now nah, it's like a 16-year-old thing. Uh, you work at Starbucks or whatever. Like, no one cares. No one expects anything from you at that age. And then about 25, 26, the the tone changes and people are like, what's your plan? And that was very uncomfortable. That was an uncomfortable shift from about 24 to 25. It was like, okay, it's not cute anymore. What are you seriously, what are you doing? But that 21 to 24 year range, you can fuck around and society doesn't hate you for it. You're supposed to be doing those things. So um I was just really lucky and that coincided when I decided to do those things. And um, I just fucked off and went to a foreign country and lived as an expat and did fun things and met cool people and had fun adventures. And um, that didn't really serve me when I was applying to grad school because they're like, what did you do with the last three and a half years of your life? And I'm like, uh, tried drugs, smoked Lead, left the country to bartend. You know, that's not stuff that serves you well when you're trying to apply to grad school, but makes me, makes you, the individual, rich in many other ways. Um, adapting to a new environment, making friends. Making friends as an adult is next level because it's weird. And uh, college, it's kind of like just baked into the experience You live with new people. You meet people on your floor. You meet people in your class. You meet people in your clubs and the hobbies that you have at the gym, whatever. It just kind of baked into the experience. But when you have to go into the real world where you don't have school and you don't know anybody and you, you know, I had like a cousin over there, but it, you, to make friends as an adult is very challenging. Brian for Philly. Happy birthday to you and thank you for the $20. Um, by the way, during that that interview with Bubba, I I don't know if you guys could hear me, but every time he swore, I was like, Because oh, I was really scared we were gonna run out of dumps. But um, but anyway, sorry, I don't know. I was looking at the bigger red button and that's what reminded me of it. But yeah, so uh I fucked around, went to grad school, got in by the seat of my pants. Like really shouldn't have. Got into grad school and I divulged this information to my former roommate and I told him I'm like you know I really fucked around I should have never got in like I feel like I don't belong imposter syndrome and when you're friends with someone that's a really great way to connect I think with with a partner with a a, a new acquaintance is vulnerability right that's how people bond is they tell each other secrets or insecurities Um, It's a really great way to build trust with somebody that could later be broken. But it's a risk you take because you're like, wow, this I'm not painting myself in the best light. And um, this doesn't make me feel good about myself to tell another human being, hey, I probably, you know, shouldn't have got in because I didn't really do much. I tried to shoehorn like a like a a month-long internship at UC San Diego, working for some chick who, whatever. It was not something I wanted to do, or but it was like data entry. I'm like, whatever. I need to just put something on my resume because it's not looking good for me getting into grad school. And that was the plan all along, but whatever. So I get in, I tell this guy, hey, I shouldn't have got in. Uh, I feel like I was kind of just you know it's their inaugural year so they're trying to build up their program and he was really cool about it initially you know obviously i just was like wow i you was know, not breaking down but like man i don't belong here i was i was rusty everybody was up to, uh, up to speed on all the new research and all the new studies and the new big superstars uh, you know that i mean david buss was you know god Andrew Pinker, those kinds of guys. But the newer people that I hadn't heard of in the last three years, I'm like, who the fuck is that? I didn't know anybody. When, when my classmates would, cohorts co- cohort mates would reference them, I felt very insecure about it. So I divulged it to this Indian roommate. And then on the way out, when things went south, and nothing romantic ever happened between us, but uh, maybe I wasn't the most considerate person. Maybe I pressed some buttons with him and whatever. He lashed out, and on the way out, he said hurtful things about, you know, you should have never gotten in, you, you know, you're not, I don't know if he said, like, you're not smart enough to be here, I don't know if it was anything about my intellect, but uh he's like, you don't, you don't know how to do anything. And, and he was kind of right, like, I, I didn't at that time, I was like a 25-year-old baby, um, my parents uh, coddled me probably more than they should have. In terms of... I didn't know how to do anything. You know, I make jokes about... I didn't know how to do laundry until I went to college and, like, just kind of figured it out. Um, I didn't know how to... I don't even know if I, like, plunged a toilet. Like, I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to do anything with my car or how to set up, like, a bank account. Like, any adult stuff I was just, like, in the dark about. And I think my parents were trying to just be like, we'll take care of it. We're your caretakers. But... um, probably lasted a little longer than it should have and I'm not shitting on my parents for like taking care of me or anything um but they would probably be the first to tell you like yeah we probably should have give you new, a little bit more res- responsibility and taught you how to do a little a few more things on your own so that when you're in the real world you're not just clueless so you know I didn't know how to get in car insurance for my vehicle and like all the those things that you know I guess most people do but um, I, I've actually heard from quite a few people where, you know, the parents just do everything for them because they've always done it that way. And, uh, it kind of, even though it seems like it's, it's nice in the short term and the long term, it kind of fucks them. Cause then you're just like this useless adult animal. So yeah, I, I divulge a lot of that sort of stuff. To, now I don't care about talking about it cause I'm, 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 I'm pretty competent, but back then I was not. So I was insecure about it. I didn't know how to do anything. I was Googling shit you, you shouldn't have to Google at 25. But anyway, so I told this guy all that sort of shit and uh, he used it against me. And I remember feeling offended. And I think that was one of the last times I remember feeling offended. So, yeah, that was kind of just a long winded uh, story to tell you, like, it doesn't happen often and it has to be very personal. Not something general, like someone saying something about women or Jews or immigrants or short people or people with brown hair or whatever the fuck it is. It just I just don't understand how something like that could offend you, especially when it's coming from someone you don't know. Um, but, you know, I can also understand that if you don't like hearing certain shit, you turn it off. If there's a song on the radio I don't like from a station that I typically listen to, I will turn the station. That's fine. You're allowed to do that. Um, So I know that yesterday there was kind of a a big hoopla about some choice words that I like to use because I like the aesthetic of them. Uh, But apparently it upsets some people. Now, again, I will give props where props are properly due. And that is to say that when people on the right get offended or people who are more religious, let's just say, get offended, they tend to just keep scrolling or stop listening. And I appreciate that. I'd much rather you not just stop listening to the program than try to get us canceled off the few places that we're left on right now. Although we are back on Twitter, so fuck y'all. But nevertheless... um. I do appreciate that. To just be like, I don't like this. I'm not supporting it anymore, but I'm going to just move on with my life. Not, you know, as we've seen oftentimes on on the uh, the woke end of things, they seem to have just a lot more energy sponsored by Monster. I don't know how they have so much energy to try to ruin people's lives. Do you not have jobs? It's odd. So, yeah, with the left, when they get upset, then they try to ruin lives, which is annoying. Um, so I do appreciate that if you, you know, are uh, uh, upset. it's odd to me that you like it, possibly everything about the show. But then when I say that one thing, you're like, hey, not cool. I'm like, yeah, but I just made like a joke about. Blacks, Latinos, women, like you were all, g- ha, ha ha Holocaust joke, ha ha ha, ha 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 ha, so funny. And then I say, GB, and you're like, wait a second, that's not okay. Yeah, I'm just like, what, what? But we were just laughing a second ago about something horrendous. Like, I made a 9-11 joke and you laughed. Like, what? what's going on there? So, I don't get it. I don't get offended very often. It has to be. Uh, personal. It has to be about me for me to feel offended. So it's a it's a unique situation to be offended for like a group that you, you know, um, randomly belong to, and it's even more odd to be offended for a group you don't belong to. Uh, and I know that that's a big big deal with the, the virtue signaling sort of thing, um. And I know we talk a lot about the wokeness, and I know Bubba goes into a lot about the, uh, you know, the alphabet soup of things, but it's becoming more and more apparent that we're taking the bait. You know, after we talked with Alex Wednesday, and I did a little bit more research, and Lummi sent Bubba that clip of Jesse Waters, um. You know, we're really missing the big picture here. And I started doing some research also on, uh, you know, me and the health game. and um, it One of the best ways to divert any sort of blame or attention on yourself when you're trying to get shit done behind the scenes is just to create a lot of chaos. And I'm starting to pay attention. And I think you guys can feel my tinfoil hat coming on right now, but... It's, it's to create a lot of chaos, right? So you rile up one side and that inevitably, you know, uh, Newton's law, of, I think it's the third law of thermodynamics, the uh, o- equal and opposite reaction deal. So the left gets upset, the right gets upset, the left gets upset, the right gets upset, and we're arguing like fucking loser peasants about something that it, it was fucking planned. Is it a good idea for Target to do this? Is it a good idea for Bud Light? And we're spending time talking about it. And we have to because it's in the news. But if you take a step back and you go, What why are they what's the point of them doing this? And you kind of follow the trail backwards, you're like, oh, interesting. We we saw that I think it was a short I think we played it on this show. I can't remember if I watched it independently by myself or if we watched it on the show of Larry Fink, who I believe is the CEO of Black. Uh, what is it? Blackridge. BlackRock. Um, that multinational investment company. And he's wanting to force feed this agenda on other corporations and making them, you know, subscribe to this wokest agenda. And I'm like that three-year-old kid that's like, but Why? And then you're like, this guy's bl- men do that. Why? But why, mommy? Why? 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 Yeah. Get to why. Finally, you know, you try to just get to the base of the issue. OK, well, why would he be pushing that agenda on these companies? And then why would they be taking the bait? Well, obviously, these companies, you know, they lost nine billion dollars or 10 billions, let's say, Target, as the example. But in the long term, they're getting more social credit. This ESG have been listed doing a lot of research on ESG. Because I don't like it when people, like Alex called it, uh, we called Alex on Wednesday. He's like, I'm surprised Anna doesn't know this. I was a little, offed- I guess I was a little offended in that moment. I went, fuck, I probably should know that. People expect me to know that. So instead of just sitting and loathing and, and hating Alex for, you know, making me feel like a loser, I was like, okay, well, this can be easily resolved. I will go and do my due diligence and do some research on my own. So I did. Um... And I'm like, huh, so this guy who owns this investment company, who's a fucking billionaire, is pushing other companies to subscribe to his wokest agenda, all right? But I was like, but why does he have this agenda? He's made all the money. Why does he have to start moving and shifting and getting into political at all? Like, why not just make your fucking money, get the bag, sis, go home, blast your hot wife, maybe— and, you know, dine at the finest restaurants and just leave the rest of us alone. Like, why are you getting politically motivated? What, what, What is the motivation for you, sir? Is it just... And by him, I don't just mean him. I mean, like, that elite class of people. You know what I'm talking about. The Illuminati kind of folks. The people that vacation at Bohemian Grove. Yeah. You know, some people vacation and... Um, I don't know, Miami Beach. Some people maybe go to the Bahamas. They hit up the Cayman Islands. Some people vacation at Bohemian Grove, okay, where they have, you know, sacrifices of a, a effigy of a child under a big stone owl, you know, where they're fucking prostitutes and having gay sex. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but whatever. So, you know, you got to go, all right, well, why are these people all? They all seem to agree with each other. It seems a bit odd that, all, like the richest people on the planet, minus let's say the Saudis, they don't seem to be too uh, LGBT friendly. But um, it seems like all the other ones are pushing this woke agenda. Okay, and we and then we stop asking questions. We go, oh well, they're all left. Okay, but why? Why do they all seem to agree with each other? That doesn't make any sense to me. But then you go, okay, hold on. Let me do some math. These billionaires, multi-billionaires, are pushing an agenda that hates people in their socioeconomic class, right? The left typically hates the rich. I mean, even going back to... You know, the, the Marxist breakdown, it was the the proletariat, the working class versus the bourgeoisie, the, uh, the nobility. Fuck them. You know, the old money, the people who make the money, who don't pay their fair share. Those are the people that the, the left typically hates, right? So it just seems a bit odd that all the people with the money are on the side of the people who hate people with money. That doesn't seem... To make sense, it seems like it would be hey, fuck you. I worked hard. I had a great idea and I climbed my way to the top of this corporate ladder and now I'm a billionaire and you can suck my D. That would be my response. Like, I earned this money. But they probably do feel that way. But publicly, they can't be saying that sort of shit because they don't want people to come after them. They want to be, you know, who could be mad at BlackRock when BlackRock is pushing all these, you know, wokest agenda sort of things. This is exactly what Alex Jones talks about often. The globalists, the billionaires, people with the money are pushing the agenda of people who hate people like them. That doesn't make any sense. But then if you just kind of think about it, it makes all the sense where, you know, I'm one of you. How can you hate me when I'm responsible for putting, um, you know, tuck-friendly bathing suits at the forefront of Target stores around the nation? Oh, now it seems to make a little bit more sense. It's like putting the lamb's blood over your door so that the angel of death passes over. It's putting the BLM flag or sign In your window of of your business so that, you know, they don't destroy the business you've worked so hard to create over the last two decades. Oh, that's why. Maybe that's why they all seem to agree with one another, pushing this agenda, this wokest agenda. We always just stop there. Like, why are we not asking more questions? Why do they all seem to agree? Why does... Why is it that Mark Zuckerberg and Larry Fink and Jeff Bezos and all these people seem to agree with each other, but they don't necessarily have anything in common other than the fact that they wield a lot of power and have a lot of money? You know, it's not necessarily that they grew up in the same home or had the same upbringing or the same religious background. It's why do they all seem to hang to the left? It just didn't make sense to me. So I was like, okay, I kind of followed the money trail and I go, oh, interesting. So you get a guy like Larry Fink, who's the CEO of BlackRock, you know, um, kind of force-feeding this sort of wokest agenda down companies' throats and saying, hey, listen, we'll do business with you. you. You can use us as an investment bank and we'll invest in your company and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, maybe you'll take a short-term hit, but at the end of the day, you'll get a higher ESG score and in the future – we're gonna. We're only moving to you know in the more progressive direction, you know. And and you think about like Tucker Carlson and he's like considered conservative or on the right. I mean the guy is openly talked about. Like you know you've heard him on Bubba's show. I don't need to repeat it, but you know you you think that the the conservatives of the 1950s would think that Tucker Carlson is a conservative? Uh no, they would not. They'd be like this liberal pussy. You know. So if we kind of zoom out, everything is moving in the more progressive direction. So, you know, maybe Target's taking a hit, maybe Bud Light's taking a hit now, but if this is curring favor with multinational investment banking companies like BlackRock, it will probably serve them in the future. If the Economic uh, World Economic Forum looks favorably upon things like that, which is some weird kind of multinational organization loosely talking about where we're going in the future and it's like this weird committee i don't they kind of wield power but kind of don't it's like the the actual organization doesn't but the people in it do so i don't know um what it's doing is just diverting attention away from themselves so that the peasants just fight each other and that's exactly what's happening and i'm sick of taking the bait and I'm sick of talking about it, but, you know, you have to because it's in the news. But look at us. We're fighting over the, the bathing suit. Who gives a fuck about the bathing suit and the trans? Who cares? You know, and we keep going, well, this is such a small proportion of the population. How is it that, like, you know, being trans has gone up 120,000 percent in the last 10 years? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's just kind of reporting bias like everyone's talking about it. We're elevating people who are trans athletes or, you know, trans men that are pregnant on the cover of, it wasn't Vogue, but it was some, I saw it today on Twitter, some, uh, I don't know, magazine where it's like, oh, woman of the year, and it's a woman without tits it's pregnant as it's a beard. It's like, you're like, whoa, okay, whatever. But um, why does that, why why are we talking about things that, I don't want to say they don't really matter, but they really don't. Um, you know, are, do people, are, are people collecting trans people and putting them in concentration camps and burning them at the stake? No. I mean, again, I wouldn't be doing this in, uh, you know, maybe don't try this in Syria. Maybe don't try this in Uganda. Maybe don't try this in Saudi Arabia. But, um, yeah, it's clearly not the case um, in the U.S. and in the Western world and there's like isolated acts of violence of course like i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest that i wouldn't say that you know racism is eradicated it's like you no know, it's it's not institutionalized anymore and hasn't been since like the 1960s but are, are there racist people sure but you can't you can't you can't just people are allowed to be racist people are allowed to be sexist people are allowed to be transphobic which is such a weird way. we're not afraid whatever you get it you're allowed to be all those things um but and, and forcing it down someone's throat isn't isn't converting any minds and hearts and the people at the top like Larry Fink know this they know that when you create chaos it creates um, a diversion and now I think we need to stop taking the bait and go uh-uh, we're not falling for this anymore and we turn around and we go why is this happening why are we creating so much chaos around something that such a small minute minority of the population even is or associates with. So it seems a bit odd. Um, but, you know, now we got rap videos and they're trying to take our children. And And I get it when it's, like, infiltrating the education system and you're like, I want my kid to learn their ABCs, not their LGBTs. Oh, that was a pretty good one. Um, I understand as a parent that that would infuriate you. But something like the Target deal or a brand that goes woke, it's like, I don't know, whatever, dude. I'm still going to fucking shop at Target. I never liked Bud Lights. So I'm not going to drink their shit. And their seltzers fucking suck, by the way. The worst I've ever had. Bogo at Publix. Now I know why. Because no one wants to drink them. But anyways, don't fall for it. Stop fighting. And I feel like the best the best way to, to combat this is to not even acknowledge it. Because they want you to get upset. Target wanted to create a fucking, you know an ordeal and maybe it wasn't even target, but you know, the people who are funding target, who are giving target money, want to create this big fucking ordeal. They want to create chaos because we can't be fighting them if we're fighting each other. And that's exactly what's happening. And again, like I said, I'm not falling for it anymore. Eight one three ninety Bubba. So I hope you enjoyed that, that little tirade about the, um, the Black Rock, the Target. But honestly, what I find, in th- and I got deep in the hole yesterday, guys. Not only is it, you know, corporations going woke, but let's talk about health care and health insurance and the fact that more people are taking met form and more people are getting diabetes and more people are taking SSRIs and more people are coming down with depression. So all this sort of... And then you get into the big pharma deal. And then I started getting into the... I got down a rabbit hole of the... Let's just call them the sugar companies. Coca-Cola, namely. Um, There's a guy by the name of Callie Means and he was like... Blowing my mind. He He worked as a... I think he was a consultant for for Coca-Cola and he was like, I'm telling you right now, he's like, "Um, the NAACP is like bought and paid for by companies like Coke and not to say anything inflammatory because God forbid, um, GB, I say something like that and upset everybody, but um, and I kind of wish we talked about it today just because it was so fresh on my mind, but if anyone doesn't care about the welfare of black people and black lives, it's the NAACP because they are bought and paid for by companies like Coke. Because I learned that if you are getting food stamps or, you know, using the EBT or what's what's the it's not is it snap? It's snap, not scat. That's something different on it. Um, the SNAP program, you know, for lower income people, uh, they get um, food stamps. Obviously, if they if they can't afford food, and one of the uh, one of the products that is covered under the for food stamp funding is Coca Cola, cooked products, sugar, water, that sort of thing. And every time it comes to the table to make legislation about not having um, government assistance cover products like Coke, like you shouldn't be able to buy a Coca-Cola with food stamps. Every time that happens, um, Coke is terrified because Coke apparently gets $10 billion a year from the government for subsidized food stamps, things like that. So what does Coke do to ensure that that doesn't happen? Because they know that a lot of the people who are lower income like those sugary drinks. And let's just say a lot lot of people who are on food stamps happen to be african American. So Coke goes, hmm, well, we get a lot of money from the government, these uh, subsidized uh, food stamps funding. So we can't we can't it cannot be part of the conversation to have that be taken out. So what do they do? They contact the NAACP. They go, we'd love to make a, um, a, 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 a rich, a very uh, a healthy donation to your organization. And if you could come out and say that any sort of legislation that would want to take away Coke products from your constituents, from your, from the black community is an inherently racist, uh, bill and it's racist legislation. If you could just call that out for us, that would be great. So the NAACP takes that fucking money, pockets it. And anytime that there's any sort of, you know, conversation about maybe taking Coke and Coke products or Pepsi products off the market as far as, you know, not being subsidized by food stamps. They call that out as being racist because they're trying to take away something that the black community loves or whatever, however they want to phrase it. And um, that sugar water is killing more black people than, you know, racism ever, ever did. Uh, it's And then you see all these articles about, Oh, you know, the, the health care system is unfair towards minorities and minorities are dying and they're, you know, more unhealthy. It's because it's a, we live in a racist society. It's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, if you have lower income people drinking soda water, not to make this all about a health thing, but it's fucking true. And they're getting these horrific, chronic metabolic diseases, you know. This isn't something that is acute. It's not like you go in and you have a cut and you need antibiotics or you're sick and you need some medication to get over your 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 cold or whatever. This is something that's fucking chronic. You know, teenagers should not be having fatty liver disease. That should be reserved for like 65-year-old alcoholics. So the fact that, you know, kids are becoming pre-diabetic, the fact that most of the Let's just say the United States population is either overweight or obese. You know, when I talk about health and it's annoying, you're like, "Gonna oh, shut the fuck up. But if you really think about it, it it's it's a money making machine for a Coke, obviously, for the healthcare system, because I also learned from this guy. I'm telling you, look up this guy, Callie Means. He was I was just like sitting there just like, holy shit, um, you know, because he came with the stats. He came to play. He was saying that like ninety percent of all of the money that's spent on healthcare and healthcare costs, ninety percent of it is treating chronic issues, things that the healthcare system was not supposed to be doing, and you know, things like pain management and um, you know uh, pills that you go on and you never come off, and the fact that you can go to your doctor for your diabetes and they tell you you know here take metformin or whatever, and they don't tell you anything about possibly changing your diet is abysmal. So they want you to be sick. The NAACP wants black people to get sick because they are making money from companies like Coca-Cola. And um, this guy, Callie Means, again, I keep referencing him, but I watched probably about an hour and a half of him yesterday, of him just going off just like, this is fucking disgusting. And he's like, this is the biggest problem facing America right now. He's like, you want to talk about racism? You know, he's like, we should be talking about how racist the 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 sugar companies are trying to kill black people and minorities because those people are often lower income and they are getting subsidies from the government to buy food. And uh, Coca-Cola wants to be included in those subsidized food products. Makes sense. Um but at, at, at what cost? So the more and I know forget about like the intermittent fasting and all that fucking bullshit. But like what you're po- like food is <laughs> we are consuming like 70. I think it's like 70 percent of the things that Americans consume are like not supposed to be eaten by human beings. They were not in our diet. You know, I would say 150, even maybe even 50 years ago, just highly processed, refined sugars, the vegetable seed oils, and the added sugars, it's it's killing us. It is keeping us sick, and it's so fucking bizarre because we have more information, more access to information than we ever did before when it comes to pretty much anything, when it comes to health. You know, I understand there's a lot of fucking misinformation. You don't know what's true. It's false. But I think everyone can identify that it's probably better to eat an orange than a donut. I think everybody knows that by now. Um, so I would encourage you listening, the uh, those that are, to... Just be a bit more mindful about what the fuck the system is trying to do to us to keep us sick, who's making who's profiting us off of us getting cancer? You know, and most of you are like, well, Anna, cancer is genetic, and I am not a doctor, obviously. and it isn't. I'm not saying I, it's it's completely not genetic, but like why is everyone why wasn't like cancer such a big issue a hundred years ago? Could it be the fact that maybe people weren't living long enough to get cancer or but it's obviously got it's being influenced certainly by genetics, but also by our environment, our lifestyle, what we're eating, how much we're moving, Um, you know, all these kind of like warning signs. They're not unrelated. You know, the people it's not it's not a coincidence. that People with diabetes have a higher chance of getting cancer. It's not it's not a coincidence. People who are more obese have a higher chance of getting diabetes and cancer. It's not, you know these aren't coincidences that you you start feeding yourself all these like inflammatory things that were not meant for human consumption you're not meant to consume canola oil or rapeseed oil or cottonseed oil or soybean oil these were byproducts that companies realized were money on the table these things aren't good for us but they have a very long shelf life and again They were things that were being produced in other sorts of whatever. Food manufacturing. So it was just like, all right, we have all this oil left over from shit we're processing. And I think they were using it initially for like machines and cleaning and shit like that. And they realized, oh, okay. Hey, hold on a second. Maybe people can use this for cooking. It's got a very long shelf life. It can be kept at room temperature. You know, what it does to the human body, we don't know. Whatever. Who fucking cares? Let's make some money. Um... So all this sort of stuff, it just seems to kind of, all right. It's the again, this these elite group of people, whether it's Target being woke or it's Coca Cola paying off the NAACP, it seems like they're all just like in bed together, and they don't give a fuck about you, and they just want you to be like, oh, this legislation is racist. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Meanwhile, they're just fucking making money. Cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. It's exactly what they want, and a good way to do that, like I said, and like this Callie Means guy said, it's C-A-L-L-E-Y, and then the last name is M-E-A-N-S. It was just blowing my mind. Um, The best way to kind of create a diversion is to create chaos, and you start yelling at your neighbor, you start hating your neighbor, where you're not looking at Coca-Cola. You're not looking at Larry Fink from Black Rock. You're not looking at any of this shit, because you only have so much capacity to... To care about shit. So if you're all, if you're, if, if 90% of that is, is you're upset at Target, you're not going to have a lot of energy left to kind of worry about anything else. And, and because there's so much confusion and so many crisscross and this person to that person, this person, they, it, it, it's supposed to be ambiguous and, conf- and confusing because it, it, then you can't, you're not really mad. You're like, ah, I don't really understand it, but I do understand Target trying to shove this down mom son's throne. It's ridiculous though. So, You know, then it's easy. That's an easy target to get mad at. But when there's so much chaos and nothing seems organized, um, that's a really great diversion technique. And yeah, I just spent forty five minutes talking about that. But holy shit, we're taking the bait, folks, and we need to not be taking the bait. And this is not about. Trust me, you don't. You know, I don't care about you know, camaraderie, camaraderie. And now I say dumb like boba. Um, and unity, and we need to stick together. Uh-uh. Fuck that. This is all about self-preservation, you know? Don't don't allow yourself to be moved by what Target's doing, but, like, and again, we talk about it because it's, like, topical, and it's kind of, it's kind of like, fun to get upset sometimes. You're just like, oh, I'm so upset by the fucking, ah, oh, this can with a rainbow, and I just can't believe they're just shoving it. It's, you know, it's, like, kind of, like, I don't know, bubblegum stuff to talk about. And, and and again, it does kind of when it gets into the education system, I understand like, OK, we it's actually something we do need to address. But when it's something like a, a product brand and they're endorsing Pride Month, like who fucking cares? Right. So um, I don't know. Just be a little bit more. Keep your head on a swivel. What's really going on? Who is the real villain here? Because it's, it's, not, it's not who you think it is, is what I'm telling you. It's not who you... Everyone is just trying to make money. It's the money. So follow the fucking money. Oh, but they're losing money. But again, short-term losses for long-term games. Like, look at the game plan. Then you start to appreciate the chess moves made by these people. You go, oh, maybe they deserve to be the elite. Look at us. We're acting like animals. They're civilized you know, eating in nice restaurants, eating on their yachts, banging hot chicks, doing the things that they do while us peasants are getting upset at Target and Bud Light. So anyways, I just feel like I've been like head on a swivel, head on a swivel. What's really going on here? Because it just seems like it's just, it wasn't adding up to me. And I I know we kind of like touch on it sometimes, but Again, it's 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 just it's easiest to have a strong opinion on things that are simple. Once things become nuanced, then it's like ah, now I don't feel as strongly because I understand your point. And that's less clickbaity. And, you know, like, for example, the gender pay uh, gap thing. Is there a gender pay gap on paper when you crunch the numbers? Sure. Yeah, I guess. But. If you take a step back and you go, well, is this because women are getting paid less than men for the same work? Uh, No, that that would be that would be the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. If you are a company and you can pay a woman 77 cents on the male dollar, you would hire only women, would you not? If I knew that women would work for less, I would never hire a man ever again. Um, But if you go, yeah, women make less than men. Uh, Okay, but why? Is it because most of them are, not most of them, but more women are working part-time? Are they working for lower-paying jobs because maybe they value things like work-life balance? Maybe they're not willing to work 80 hours a week like these top-earning men. Maybe they don't want to be Dr. Dan and have 18 jobs and coach. Maybe they want to kind of, you know, have a family or have a less stressful job where when they leave the, the workplace, their work for the day is done. Um, maybe that's the reason. But once you start to kind of break down the minutiae of the actual issue, then it's less clickbaity, then it kind of makes more sense, then it's less inflammatory, then it's less fun, and then you just don't get as mad and then people just move on. So we can't be having that. We have to say inflammatory things like, you know, the gender pay gap. Everyone's sexist. Uh, it just it makes absolutely um, no sense. And it shouldn't make sense. And when it doesn't make sense, that's when you go, oh, wait. That's when I turn around and go, wait, wait hold on a second. What, what should I really be paying attention to behind me? Because seriously, some shits, some shit is going on that I was unaware of. Um, Because they're trying to distract me. And sometimes I do get distracted by the pretty lights, by the big tits, by the nice ass, by the broad shoulders. Maybe I do get distracted by that. But what's really going on behind the scenes is what I want to know. And I know that this is something that Alex Jones would talk about, you know, ad nauseum. But I don't think he's wrong. (laughs) I think that this is this is just a, a beautiful tactic to use that's been used in the past and will be used by the in the present because um I don't want to say humans are dumb but we're easily duped we're easily duped and it, it and it's hard especially when the media is feeding you the information it wants you to be privy of it's hard to get upset about the other stuff that you don't know about so You know, act in self preservation. Be a strong minded individual and don't allow yourself to be offended, especially by strangers who say things about a group you may belong to. Don't be weak minded, be strong minded. Go, okay, why would I care what they think? And even when they, you don't have to be like, I don't care what you think. Like, literally give them no elevation of energy whatsoever. Who cares what the fuck they think? Doesn't matter. You worry about you, you get in the game, you start making that money, you start taking advantage of the poor, you start taking advantage of the, you know, disenfranchised, you be that bad bitch, that, that Jerry Fink or Larry Fink, where the fuck his name is, you be that Jeff Bezos, okay? You think Jeff Bezos gives a fuck what people say about bald people? He's busy making fucking money. Go make that money, sis. Grab that bag. All right. We'll take a few calls. Um, yeah, that was, a, I think that was, that was a full hour of me. Sorry, let's hear more from you. Hello, who's this?
2: Anna, it's Neil Mount Pleasure. How you doing? Neil
1: Mount Pleasure. I, I think you may have been on hold for the longest time ever. And... No. Okay.
2: It was, it was a great rant. Okay, Actually, yeah, I'm
1: just everything
2: that you talk about is what people need to realize what's going on. They it's... get you. They get their eye off the prize and yeah. what they're really doing to the American people.
1: And it's not even just American people. It's people in general. We are just pawns in other people's fucking little chess game. That's what's going on. Sorry, go ahead, Neil.
2: And real quick, I want to say I appreciate you talking about intermittent fasting. I've done it since March 13th, listening to you, and I've dropped 40 pounds. Fuck yes! probably... the best shape of my life. I just turned 50. Ugh. You know, I'm a pa- a Packers fan. I just went to Lambeau three weeks ago. Hell yeah. Go pack, go. <laughs> and then, but, uh, I, it's, I had to train my wife about only eating one meal a day, mm-hmm. but I have to tell you cause I have a physical job. I'm outside all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the sugar thing, you just, and I live in Illinois. Yeah. And I just see some of the biggest human beings. To, and, yeah. and like you say, the SSRI drugs,
3: they everybody's
2: wanna... depressed. Take a drug for this. Take a drug for this. Take a drug for this. Yep. For this. yep. So I'm going to be short. I you, You're you the best. Thank I, you, Neil. We're, we're, we're on the same line of I'm more libertarian now because both sides, um, it's the blue-red, let's get on a team, which is a bunch of crap. Right. Just, you think for yourself. Live your life and – And actually, that Alex Jones episode on Joe Rogan with Tim Dillon that I love, which was 1555, the best episode. Yeah. That's when he went nuts. Oh, I know. I watched all three hours
1: and 11 minutes of that. I was riveted. Yeah.
2: My dad told me to listen to Alex Jones back in the 90s. Yeah. And my dad is so, and I listen to podcasts all day long, but I'm so far ahead of what's going on. This hold the Target, the Bud Light, the North Face. It's all the let's forget about what's really going on with the right. American people. Great
1: show, thank and you. I'll
2: get off. I don't want to take no, too much
1: no, no, time. no. Neil, thank you so much, and you you seriously made my day. I, I'm it. It makes me so happy to hear that something that costs you nothing, which is my game as a Jew, costs you nothing. <laughs> you don't have to go on any pills. Nothing. You just you literally no. just 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 hold off breakfast a little bit so, longer. That's it. Real, real quick, yeah.
2: Let me ask you a quick question. How many hours, like I have this fasting app life. It's, I just put my hours in. Yeah. And I average probably 147 hours a week that I fast. Okay. And I, what is, and I know you said you kind of changed your hours, which I did one week because I was having, pro, I usually go to bathroom in the morning before I was doing this. Okay. And now I kind of change my hours from 18 to 20. Okay. What do you, now when you eat, what, uh what what kind of meals and i know you're a vegetarian yeah but is do you look at carbs uh calorie count see with me i don't i just eat my meal intuitively it's a, it's a high protein a lot of salads but i don't have any sugar at all i haven't had any hardly at all so
1: that's great um well, I honestly, in, in full disclosure, I had to scale back the intermittent fasting because, much like a song that you love that you put on repeat, I fucking ruined it. I took a good thing yeah. and I <laughs> made it bad. Um, I, I when I got, I got a, a body scan, like a body composition scan.
2: Yeah, I mean, remember you're talking about. Yeah,
1: that? and and the girl was like, "You're," and I'm going to bring this girl on the on the show uh, at some point. She's really cool and she knows a lot of about nutrition and whatnot. But she was like, "You're actually in a catabolic state." And I'm not quite sure the, you know, the metrics and how she got me there. But the scan determined that I was in the catabolic quadrant, which is not my goal. Obviously, you want to be either maintaining or in an anabolic. You want to be gaining lean mass. You don't want to be deteriorating. My body was basically cannibalizing itself. And that's because I took intermittent fasting a little too far, folks. Sometimes Mm -hmm. a a good thing, you can do a good thing and, and drive it into the into the ground and it starts to not serve you in the way it once did. And so um, I went, oh, shit. And um, I was weighed. My weight was a bit low. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do a little bit of reversing. That doesn't mean you throw out the entire system, but you just scale it back. And I was feeling really good when I was in the 18 to 20-hour range of fasting. So that's what I'm trying to return to. But, you know, you know me. I'm like, oh, 18 is good, 20 is better, 24, 26, 30, 36, 72. I was going crazy. I even did that 45-hour fast. Um yeah, you know, because you're you're going crazy and you're just like, oh, the benefits, all oh, the autophagy, like and uh, I just I got a little bit too thin. Um, so I, I started to reverse it. I really let myself kind of enjoy myself when I was in New York, and I didn't really worry about you know when I was eating or what I was eating. You can't do that all the time, but whatever, I've been a little bit more lax with myself since I've returned. I've gained a few pounds and I'm I feel much better. My energy's much better. I'm, I'm fasting probably in the ballpark of about 20 to 22 hours right now.
2: That's what I'm... Well, yeah. I, I work kind of the same schedule. I get up at... Well, I, work, I get up about 3 before every day. Right. And I'm still working usually at 6 at night because I...
1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
2: Control. So it's crazy time. Mm-hmm. and But this kind of works out at the right time. And I appreciate it everything you do keep it up
1: seriously thank you so much for calling in and telling me that nothing makes me happier than when i hear people are like i changed my life i turned it around and all i had to do was just fast a little bit i'm like fuck yeah you yeah. you no you're, pills no, yeah. pills, no yeah. money yeah. nothing yeah. just you just fast a little bit and that's what your body's supposed to do neil thank you so much for calling in right. i really yeah. appreciate see it Got, All right. no, bye bye see you later almost said it um yeah i've i've been lately uh I don't want to use the word obsessed, but really focused on returning to uh, ancestral settings, let's say. So I go, okay. what are the biggest problems, let's just say, in America or the West? You know, obesity, depression. uh, Those are two pretty big ones. Uh, Being sedentary, all this sort of stuff. Well, how did our ancestors do it? What were they doing? Were they eating three meals and three snacks a day? No. Were they eating Pop-Tarts and highly refined sugars and flowers? No. Were they getting adequate amounts of exercise because they were foraging for berries and, and buffalo? Yes. Were they getting adequate amounts of, of sun and sleep? Yes. Okay, well, maybe we should return back to stock settings because we like to think we're so evolved and we're so um i guess evolved is the only word. We think we've we've like uh outgrown our animalistic settings. We're like we're not animals, but guess what? We fucking are animals. We're smart animals, but we're still animals. You know, us and chimps are 99.8% gen- genetically identical to one another. We are fucking animals. We shit like animals, we fuck like animals. We die like animals. Um, we uh, we rage like animals. We grieve like animals. All those sorts of things. We are that. So we can't be thinking that we can live in these ginormous jungle, concrete cities and be unaffected by that. We can't think that we just can be sedentary all day, sit in, a, in an office, go home, uh eat poorly, go to bed, have shitty sleep, wake up and and live a happy life. It's just not going to work out for you. You need to return to stock settings. How do you do that? Number one. Number one is fucking sleep, by the way. You thought I was going to say diet? No, it's sleep. Um, Yeah, you you need to be recharged every day. But it all is interconnected, much like everything, is you can't get great sleep if you eat like shit all the time. So you need to, number one, you got to clean up that diet. And, you know... People always try to tell me like, "Oh no, like I can't lose weight and I'm working out every day." So, like you're barely burning calories working out. Sorry, you're barely burning calories working out. If you want to lose weight, working out is a horrible way to do that and take that from someone who's been working out since they were 12 years old. Um, you're not burning that much. You're not burning that many calories when you're lifting weights. You're burning quite a few a bit more when you're doing cardio, but still not that not as much as you think you are. It's all about diet. It's like 90% diet. So you got to clean up that diet and not only just to lose weight, but for your mind, your brain, you have like 500 million. I think I might be making up that number. 500 million neurons in your gut. OK, that's affecting your serotonin levels. That's affecting your dopamine levels. That's affecting your fucking mood. What you're eating is affecting your mood. Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I blah, 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 blah? Whatever. And then your mood affects your behavior. So how do we we need to go to the source? Stop eating like shit. Start, try to eat more whole foods in their most natural form. That will improve your mood just by itself, okay? So we got that, all right. First, do the diet. Don't do it all at once because then you're going to be like, oh, I can't. All right, fucking. Don't even worry about intermittent fasting. Like, first, just worry about what the fuck you're putting in your mouth, all right? If you're going to eat all day long, you know, maybe throw a, a floret of broccoli in there, perhaps. All right, so clean that up. Next, Before we even do the intermittent fasting, start moving around, okay? And that's not to lose weight. That's for elevated mood. That's for heart strength. That's for, uh, you know, building muscle, um, stretching, being limber, not being stiff. You want to be a mobile person, don't you? Do that. Then you can start doing the intermittent, then you can start doing the, you know, the fancy stuff, the intermittent fasting. I would suggest trying to get some sort of daylight, the sun in your eyes at some point, like the real sun, not this fucking ring light that's blinding me, but real sunlight and sleep. And if you can do all of those things, that is 80% of the battle. That doesn't mean it's going to eradicate all your issues. You're going to still have problems, you know, in a a 21st century world, and even in a whatever, fourth century world, you're still going to have problems. That's part of the human condition is to have problems. But... I, and it, to me, it's just like, people are like, shut up. But I'm like, I can't say this enough because it will improve your life so much if you just do the basic shit. Try to eat natural foods to the best of your ability. That doesn't mean, you don't. of course I took a big slab of Dan's cake and I'm taking it home and I'm going to eat it today. So don't you, don't you even think twice about that. That's happening. But most of the time I'm on my shit. I'm on my game. So we got to eat natural foods that came from the fucking earth in their natural form. OK, If it has a label on it, like it's probably, you know, and just because it's processed doesn't mean it's horrible for you, but it probably means it's not good for you. Um, so the more that you can go back to natural state foods, you know, vegetables in their natural form, you know, uh, fruits, vegetables, whatever, even if you want to do the dairy, lean meats and we can get in the factory farming, whatever, you know, try to do. Cage-free, even though that doesn't even mean anything. Try to just get your own chickens and slaughter your own cows. That would be the best. But you can do that and eat a whole food, to the be- again, to the best of your ability. I know it's never going to be 100%. It's not 100% with me. You can do that, sleep, and kind of move around. You don't have to be crazy like me. You don't have to do the jujitsu, okay? That shit's crazy. You don't have to be running even. You don't have to be doing marathons. You don't have to be... You know, swimming from here to Kaladisi Island. You don't have to be doing any of that shit. Just, just walk. Can you do that? Can you walk? Just walk. It's all masking out in the sun. You. I'm not gonna make you do fucking burpees. All right. Those are the worst. I would never do that to friends. Just move a little bit. Just eat a whole food based. I don't care, vegan, meat, what the fuck ever. Closer to the natural source, the better. You can do that, move, get sunlight, sleep. Eighty percent of your problems gone. I mean, no guarantees, but yeah, I'm trying to be dramatic here, folks. You know, you get it. Um, but yeah, that is that is that is the ticket. And then from there, obviously, I would say that the missing link. Once we get that all out of the way, when we take care of the physical body, how do we take care of the emotional body? And I'm not trying to sound like all like, uh, you know, uh, what's like woo woo or anything, but you know, you got to connect with people that not on the internet. Okay. Real life connection. I love, I'm, I'm obsessed with longevity and how to not just live long, but live long, a long quality life. How do I do that? Well, you got to do all the things I just mentioned, but the people who are living the longest, most of them have a somewhat of a Mediterranean diet. They, they, probably, you know, aren't eating 12 times a day. And they are also deeply connected in, in their community. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are married or single, although married people apparently live longer. But they are connected to their community. They have things to look forward to in the future. You know, it once the brain doesn't want to live anymore, once there's nothing to look forward to, that's when the body really starts to de- deteriorate. If you can keep yourself engaged and involved, my grandmother, my Bubby, and I was her bubble, My Bubby, and sometimes I, you'll hear me slip up and call Bubba Bubby by accident. It, Bubby means grandmother in Yiddish. My Bubby lived to 94. Yeah, 94. Um, was she in great health? Uh, as, you know... Pretty good for a 94-year-old. Not great, but not horrible. You know, she'd have, like, bleeding colons and shit sometimes. And it would be embarrassing because we'd go to the grocery store, go to Stater Bros. It's a California thing. Um, go to Stater Brothers. And she would tell the people, you know, Albertsons, tell the people at checkout, the cashier, about her bleeding colon. I'm like, could we, this is not the time nor the place, Bubby, but, you know, you don't tell Bubby what to do. She tells you what the fuck to do. She's like, um, I'm a World War II veteran nurse. You could suck it. So you just let Bubby talk. Uh, So she had some issues, but also I I bet you could go back into her how she was probably not doing the intermittent fasting and eating a whole food based diet. So but she was deeply engaged in her community. She she went to like a uh, she was going to a community college, not for like a degree, but she would go in like audit classes, go to lectures the week before she died. Like, she was going up until basically when she died. She was activating her mind. Um, That's another thing. Neuroplasticity. She was constantly reading. She was constantly doing crossword puzzles. I don't think she was in the Sudoku game, but she loved the crossword puzzles, and she would always love to read about history. And she was constantly going to classes at MiraCosta Community College in Oceanside, California, up until when she died. And she was deeply involved in the, like, Jewish veterans thing and the synagogue even though Bubby didn't believe in God. uh, Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. I, I interviewed her, actually. I need to find it. But I recorded an interview with her um, probably about six months before she died, just asking her about life, love, friendship, all that sort of shit. And um, I don't know if it was on the air or off, but I asked her if she believed in God, and she's like, eh, I don't know. She's like, I like being, she's like, I like the community. That's what she said, which makes sense, right? That's why you do it. So you show up, you give everybody hugs and COVID, you share some challah, you have some Manishevitz, you know, you say Shabbat Shalom, blah, blah, blah. She just liked the 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 nostalgia. Obviously, she grew up Jewish. She raised her family to be Jewish. And then, you know, it ends with me, but whatever. Uh, She just liked the community of it. And I'm like, I fucking get that. I find I have community too, just in other ways. I have community at work. I have community with like my friend group. I have community with jujitsu. I think that's pretty much it. But I have I have plenty of like community that I don't feel the need to go to a synagogue or a church or mosque or anything like that. But that's a big place where people do. So and it was so funny because like Bubby has Jewish paraphernalia everywhere. But then when I'm like, do you believe in God? She's like, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm like, Bubby. Um, she's like, I don't know. She's like, I like it. She's like, I like eating brisket (laughs) and I like the bagels and I like going to synagogue because I like the way it makes me feel, makes me feel connected and connectivity. They've done a lot of studies on people who are, what are they called? Centurions, whatever. People who live past a hundred, you know, what are they doing that other people aren't? Okay. Well, I would say number one, I mean, I, everywhere you look is going to tell you something different, but I would say the two major things are the, what they're eating. And their community; those two things are going to keep you engaged. Those two things are going to keep you living and giving you give you a better quality of life. And I'm saying that because I care, because I'm a healthcare hero. Okay, you hear my testimonials? I'm fucking ten for ten with these people calling in. I lost fifty pounds, forty pounds, thirty pounds, all this sort of shit. I lost too much weight, you know. I had to kind of like reverse gears and you know pull back a little bit, but the shit works. The intermittent fasting works. The whole food diet is gonna work. Um, you know, take care of your take care of your body, take care of your temple, man. Not because you're, yeah, we all want to be hot or hotter. Who doesn't? Obviously, and Dan can help you with that certainly. Um, but you should also take it upon yourself to go. Okay, let's not go to big pharma. Let's not let's not do that. Let's fucking try to solve this puzzle on our own. What can we do? Stop you. You know, obviously, fu- food is fuel, but food is also medicine you know there's also micronutrients in fu- in food that can help not only you know prevent things but reverse them which is so incredibly like mind blowing that you can literally reverse your diabetes if you change the way that you eat don't you want to see your kids grow up don't you want to live a better more quality filled life i don't know i do and I got some time on my hands because I ain't got no kids. So I fucking look up shit on the Internet all the time trying to be better. And then I go outside and blind myself with the real light um, and and try to, like, stay connected with friends. That's why I'm so, like, big on, you know, brunches and birthdays and celebrations because it's like this is how we connect. And I don't go to fucking Temple no more. So I got to connect in other ways. And I think that that's important to stay connected into your Community, I think that's that's good for the human brain. And it's all about serving the uh, ancestral brain because our envir- environments are evolving faster than we are. Maybe you've heard of the mismatch hypothesis. People like to bring it up all the time when they're like, we crave fatty, sugary shit. Yeah, because that's those sorts of preferences for highly palatable foods helped our ancestors survive when they weren't eating every day, when they didn't eat for three days and they found some honey, they liked it and they ate it. Do I advise eating honey by the handfuls? No, but the caveat is, yes, if you haven't eaten for a fucking week, you do need those nutrients, and that's going to sustain you. So, yeah, now we're in a situation where we don't have to forage for food anymore. We, we have Uber Eats and delivery and cars and whatever. So, you know, we're not taking care of ourselves in the way that we would, but we still have this ancestral brain. So how do we respect that ancestral brain? You got to go back to stock settings. You know, it's 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 actually really, really fucking simple. It's not complicated. Is it hard? Is it maybe going to take some willpower or to change your habits? Yeah. But it's not complicated. It's simple. It might be hard to execute. But once you get going, you're going to feel so much better. And this is also like an fu to the system, man. I want you off those fucking, those drugs. You don't need that shit. The look to, that, to food as like fuel, but also as medicine to help you. Um, I'm just, I'm passionate about it. Much like Bubba's passionate about Packers. I'm passionate about people. Living longer. Because I'm I'm excited about this information that I keep learning about every day and I want to share it with you guys and shove it down your throats like the LG stuff. That's what I want to do. But this is actually shit that can help improve your life. Um hello, who's this? Did the sheriff call West Mayor Half a Mark What?
5: Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. All right. Well, that joke failed. Never mind. Oh, sorry. Florida Stanley.
1: What's up, Florida Stanley? How's it going?
5: So, uh, well, I have nothing on your last 15-minute rant. I called in to talk about uh, something else that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I oh, yeah. have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. So go ahead. did did Brian Cornell uh, put his private jet up for sale?
1: Um, I don't know who that is, and I don't know. It's the CEO of Target. Oh, did he? Did he put it up for sale? Yeah, did he put it up for sale? I don't know. They, that, the answer is no. Did okay, his, I thought this was a, did, something something you already knew that you wanted me to be yeah. like. Did, did he put a, Did he put his private yacht up for sale? No, I see where no, we're going I now. I, now I'm on board. Now I I get it. Keep going. So, Target is doing <laughs> just fine.
5: Yeah. But back in the '80s, when the stock market crashed and people actually lost money, Fortune 500 CEOs were jumping out of buildings to kill themselves. Ah,
1: like Enron days. The best. Yeah. So until we start seeing
5: CEOs offing themselves on purpose, <laughs> yeah. there is no issue $10 billion in 10 That's days. A really I don't good give point. a fuck what the stock market says. Yeah. Target is going to be just fine. Right.
1: That's a great point. If you don't see CEOs jumping out of buildings, everything's That's just That's what they were doing.
5: When, I forget the this, guy's it's name. This is as usual.
1: Of, yeah. It was
5: a national story. The CEO of, I, I forget the company, but I remember the number. The, um, the CEO of some Fortune 500 company woke up and he only had $10 million left in his bank account and he killed himself. Nice. He jumped out the floor yeah. of his like, 22-story uh, penthouse, jumped out the window of his 22-story uh, penthouse uh, condo in New York because uh, he had $10 million in his bank account. And he, and he thought that was not enough money and offed himself. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So, we there's nobody is having any issues until ceos start killing themselves
1: okay listen i i really like that perspective that's that's i i had not thought of that it's profound and it's um it's really it's it's realistic if they're not jumping out of buildings <laughs> uh, everything's just fine business is fine don't worry about it
5: exactly
1: i love it oh and
5: okay so what happened what happened with the sunset music festival
1: Let's said you were sick? Uh, Yeah, I was feeling like shit, dude. Uh, in 48 Uh-oh. hours, I slept 24 of them. So, oh, I mean, I came back I met, from... I met up
5: with some other Bubba Army right? I know, there. and
1: I felt really bad because I hate letting people down. That's, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a people pleaser, but especially when I say I'm going to do something. But let me tell you, we came back from New York late Sunday night. I got to bed at like midnight, whatever, and then Monday morning, 5 a.m., I'm up for work. That wrecked me, and then I had to move. Um, and then I got my period and then I was like, fuck.
5: Oh yeah. Blitz was saying that you guys, that you were so sick that you guys didn't even get any moving done. Uh, on Saturday
1: no, we didn't. Uh, oh, I moved, Saturday, yeah. we moved, uh, I moved some of my stuff on Friday and then I, sl- I did not get out of bed until 2 PM on Saturday. I did not, I couldn't, I could not get out of bed. He just like, let me sleep. I wake up. I'm like, I don't even want to know what time it is. It was one o'clock. I stayed in the bed another hour, finally get out. I felt high as fuck on, I don't, it's weird when you feel rested, but you have no energy. And that's how I felt. I'm like, I feel so rested. I have no energy. Yeah. And I think that's what happened, but I needed it, obviously. And I had no energy. I said, I I can't, I can't move today. And he's like, all right. And then I'm like, and we're going to have to cancel sunset. I feel like shit. Um, And he's like, (laughs) Bliss was like, there's no way you're going to get to sleep tonight. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I fell asleep on the couch at 10 p.m. Back in bed, another 10 hours straight, no drugs. I slept 24 hours in two days. It was crazy. Yeah, 14 hours and then 10, zero Xanax, zero K pins, zero NyQuil. Just my body needed to just shut down. And then I, yeah, then I was also on my period. So I was just like, I hate yeah, that's everything.
0: Just
5: a bad combination. It I, really I got was. one more thing for you before yeah. I get sniped. Um, so I, when I got back, I went, I went back to my favorite bar and first thing, it's, first of all, it took me three days to recover from SMS. Um, yeah. so I get back from my, I get back to my favorite bar, like the day after and, uh, the bartenders immediately looked at me and they're like, wow, you look like shit. And I'm like, gee, thanks. <laughs> Your hair looks great today, by the way. Yeah. Um, so this is what I, this is how I explain to my friends, like what, what's happening with me, like uh, with these festivals. I'm never going to stop going to them, but I need to, I need to moderate some stuff a little better. Okay. Uh, Cause I, okay. So I'm 35. I'm your age. I'm 35. Oh, I'm sorry. You're 25. That's my bad. Thank you. Thank um, you for.
3: <laughs> yes. Um,
5: so when I, I started going to music festivals when I was like 22 okay. and back then I, couldn't afford to get fucked up, but my body was capable of getting fucked up. Hmm. Now I can afford to get fucked up, and my body can't handle it.
1: Mm. Yeah, you gotta feather it out to, a
5: little bit. Need to reverse this logic. Yeah,
1: I mean, if I can ask in a roundabout way without getting you know too specific, did you know party what every both days? Wink, wink, nudge judge. I'm assuming you did. All three, all Friday three days? as well. Friday, okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe, well. maybe not, maybe not that. Because here's the thing: is like I could still party, but I can't do benders. Like benders are a thing of the past. You know, I used I to, it, I used yeah, to yeah, be able to do I just benders. Saturday
5: and Sunday, I would have been all right. I, 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 I it was, can't it even was, do that. It was the three. It was mm. the third day. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I can't. I can't even do that. And then your 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 brain is toast. Um, you you got like uh the word searches off for like a week. That happened to me one time where I couldn't. I remember one time I couldn't think of the word couch. I'm like, hmm. (laughs) Like, honestly, I was like, what's that thing you you sit on and it's almost like a couch? I'm like, yeah, that. And I'm like, holy fuck. I killed so many brain cells when I went to Electric Forest. So uh, you just got to kind of like, you know, maybe just don't do two days in a row. Maybe stagger. Maybe do Friday and Sunday or maybe just Saturday or Saturday, Sunday, but you know, the, the yeah. day of the, the time of benders is we maybe that's, need to retire that. Yeah. It, yeah, it's done its done. Also, do you take five HTP? Do I what? Do you take five HTP? What is that? It's um, it's an over the counter like B vitamin, essentially for neural health. This is something that oh, I I didn't know about it's either until to help you.
5: It's supposed to help you bounce back from the yeah, comedown. Yeah,
1: yeah. You you take it before, and I would also take it after. Um, oh okay no I just I haven't I taken it in years. Of, I stay hydrated
5: I, that's, well that I mean, that's helps a too I, but I was drinking a gallon and i because I, I have a I have a camel back that holds two gallons and I was drinking literally not Friday night because I didn't I mean we weren't at the festival we were out bar hopping but um but Saturday and Sunday I was drinking literally a gallon of water an hour and I was putting those liquid IV uh, powders in in my bag. Isn't
1: that what they tell you? Uh, oh, okay. Um okay, cuz I I know that you're not supposed to chug water when you do certain things because it throws off the salt water balance in your body and I'm not trying no, no, to be No,
5: I wasn't chugging it. I was just drinking a gallon uh, an hour consistently.
1: Okay, okay. Okay.
5: So um, I, cause I, I got there, I, I did, I did six, six hour. I don't get there right when they open the, the gates. I get there around six o'clock. So I yeah. do six hours, Saturday, six hours, Saturday, six hours, Sunday. But yeah, I, I was, I went through 12 gallons of, of water. Over the weekend.
1: I mean, that's, that's <laughs> great for, because obviously you're losing a lot because you're getting de- dehydrated. And what a beautiful, yeah, that too. And what a beautiful <laughs> fucking weekend, man. I mean, it would have just, it was just so spectacular. Oh, was, and I spent all of it oh, in bed. Okay. <laughs> I felt bad. I'm like, yeah. fuck, man, I'm missing out. And I really did want to go. But the timing was just so bad. I was like, I, I, yeah. I literally can't. And I will have a miserable time. So what is the actual point? Um, but yeah, I, well, I, I do I miss haven't missed one in
5: five years. So I know. We're going next year. I
1: know. And I remember one. Day, I have this very fond memory of doing drugs. And I believe it was in Chicago in 2015. I went to Spring Awakening. I don't know if that's still a thing. Maybe not. Um and I went there. I haven't heard of it. And I uh, just taken a bunch of drugs. They hadn't kicked in yet. And I remember walking into the arena or whatever festival grounds with my friends, and then just seeing like this girl's lifeless body being carried out. And man, nothing is more of a buzzkill when you're like, I just took probably what she just took, and uh, I don't yeah. want to die. And I remember just like everyone, you know, it's like, Oons, ons, ons. and then you just see like this group of friends like freaking out with this guy carrying this girl's lifeless body. And then I turn to my friends and I could see the look on their faces. I'm like, let's rally it up. Time to party. It's going to be OK. Like, because we we're all just like, oh, shit, we just took a bunch of crap. Um, but yeah, 5-HTP before really helps. And just kind of... Um, it's like a nice uh coat of protection over your brain cuz with cuz you're going to do a lot of damage. And sometimes it's oh, fun yeah. to do some damage. And 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 the body can uh regenerate itself, so that's good to know as well, but you just got to kind of you know, mitigate. yeah, I
5: have heard of that stuff. I just forgot about it, and I—I don't. The I do not i did not know what it was called.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm
5: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take notes on on this date. So if I forget the name of it again, I can just come back and listen to.
1: Yeah, no, I can. And if you wanna message me or Blitz or whatever, like I can always tell it to you. I don't get annoyed with that sort of stuff. It's it's five, and then H is in Henry, T is in Tom, P is in Paul and it's something that you can get at like CVS over the counter you don't need a prescription it's literally like a B vitamin for neural health that's it okay but yeah someone cool. uh, someone saw me looking like shit one time they're like man you should take some 5HTP and I'm like 5HT who and they're, they explained it and, <laughs> and then i'm like oh shit all right good to know so i've been not good using stuff. it ever since i barely party but you understand yeah yeah okay
5: all right well i'll see you guys in a few months well more than a few months. All right. uh, Maybe bar- we'll see yeah. what uh bar- 13th,
1: right? Uh, yeah. ask about one ninety nine. I'm gonna- it's DJ Humsaw, so you know I need to I need to crowd a little bit. So When is that? twenty uh, third of June. Twenty third
5: of June. And if anyone uh, gets mad that you you know,
1: they ask you ask I'm going up- Don't say I invited you. Go ahead.
5: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I gotta look and see when I leave for Ohio because I leave for Ohio the last few days of June, but I don't know what exact. I, I think okay. it might be the 29th. Okay.
3: So, Yeah, I'll um,
5: yeah, I'll um, I'll email I'll email Bubba and ask him about DJ Hum
1: Okay. Fantastic. All right. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. Let me put you on hold and we'll get to you. Hello. Who's this? Hey,
4: it's uh, Dave from
1: West Palm. How are you? Hey, Dave from West Palm. What's going on?
4: Well, I, I listen. I, I I love you, and I I Uh-oh. I know it's Friday, and I want you to go off on a good note. But I got I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, I'm a little bit pissed off right now. With me? Yeah. Okay.
1: What did I do? It's because I told you to put down but, the Twinkie and pick up an apple.
4: You know I've been on hold for an hour and almost 20 minutes. Oh, shit. I called in I called in on a topic that you started the show with. Yeah. And you've gone through 10 topics. Yeah. And literally started making uh, taking calls the last like half an hour of the show. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I I think and again, I'm not trying to bust balls with you. I yeah. I live I love you. I, I love you. But I think your your show should be better off on podcast because if you're gonna go off on an hour and fifteen minute rant mm. and and a whole diatribe, yeah. it's better off on podcast. Right. Rather than taking phone calls thirty minutes in the last thirty minutes of the show. Because my the reason I called in the reason I originally called was something you talked about in the first 15 minutes of the show.
1: I understand. So and it doesn't tell me what order. To, I understand. In my defense, if I if I may defend myself, uh, it, I just see people calling. I put them on hold. Sometimes they hang up and then they, that line goes live again and I put it on hold. And um, yeah. And, 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 and to be fair, sir, this will be a podcast once I complete the show. But yes, I understand. What it's a live show. It's a live, live show. So you're right.
4: Yeah, but... I- I think it should be a podcast because if you're not mm. taking calls to the last half hour, right. it should be a podcast because you're not interacting live with the audience. Right now, listen, I, uh, it, it, and I love you. You, you I, I love the show. I love, I love you. I love the whole entire show. Thank you. The reason I was calling in the first place was to really talk about the topic you were talking about at the top of the show, and we can return to that. Was about what well, was about b was about being offended and being offended by topic versus being a being offended by personal attacks mm-hmm. and i can tell you from firsthand from even in high school and even in elementary school i was attacked by my personal look i was scrawny yeah. i was a skinny ass guy i was 100 pounds 110 pounds i was scrawny um and I had big, thick Coke bottle glasses. I was Mm a nerd. I I mean, I was everything that like a a elementary school bully, high school bully was, was looking to go after. Like, I was that guy. Like, Like, that was me. And so those personal attacks, I mean, it took a lot of, took a lot of, um, I took a lot of abuse with that. And, even in college, like my nickname was Q-tip. In college, and the reason my name was Q-tip because name I was brand. skinny. Well, I was skinny, and I had a big curly afro hair that was sort of like dirty blonde. Yeah. And one of my call one of one of my, one of my uh, friends in college said, "You look like a dirty Q-tip." Ugh, <laughs> so like that is perfect. Like, like yeah, that whole thing. That whole like personal attack.
1: Yeah. You know,
4: when you're when you're being attacked personally,
3: mm-hmm.
4: that personally. and then I just laughed it off. That was yeah. became okay. It was a comedy thing. Now I just kind of diverted and I kinda of laughed.
3: Right.
4: But but it's a whole different thing being offended when you're attacked personally than mm. your political beliefs or religious beliefs. Right. Like that's nothing compared to Yeah. Being attacked personally, and, and I applaud you for like taking, you know, Baba's, you know sort of abuse. Atta- oh, and I, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say attacks because because yeah. it's, it's not it's not being mean. Mine mine was mean. Right, mine was being mean. Yeah, Bubba's Yours is in love. Good natured when he calls you know? me a
1: stupid, flat chested bitch.
4: Yeah, Well, one well, just you know raisins and stuff. Yeah. like like that like that's in love. Like mm-hmm. that's joking and love, but there's a difference between joking and love and joking and hate, right. you know. And and there's a huge difference,
1: big difference. But that's what hate. I was yep.
4: talking. That, that's the original mm-hmm. reason that I I called was was in reference to what you first talked about. And then we got ten topics in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That's uh, that's just what happens. And I wish I could see like your name or who called first. Or, I didn't realize that line two was on hold the the entire time, and I do sincerely apologize because that, that that is not my intention.
4: No, I I know I never I never thought it was your intention. I never thought it was some, done on purpose.
1: Right.
4: It just might be something that you know as you go through. Because listen, I know mean, you're learning. I mean, I learning. am. You've, I can't
1: be perfect. You've
4: changed, um, dude. You' pretty close. I, I don't mean to call you dude, but yeah, but uh, you have. I don't understand. So much. Yeah. And improves so much from when you started. So I I believe you. But, but just thinking that's something that you might want to look at in the future. I am just, and, always and, and
1: open for and uh, criticism and the opportunity to improve. So thank you.
4: Don't don't, no, don't, no. don't take that wrong. No, way. no, don't take the wrong. No,
1: no. I'm very much against uh, being offended, like I mentioned earlier. So I appreciate it. And thank
4: you. Lo- love ya, love, ya, love you, love you, love you too.
1: Love you right back, Dave. Thank you so much. Eight one three ninety. Bubba won't take your call. Just kidding. I will. Uh, hello, who's this? Yeah. Hey. I'm home the, show, the supermarket. It's Joe. Joe, I've come to quite like you, mostly because you've come to quite like me. So it's just kind of like this reciprocal feeling of good nature. But uh, what's going on?
3: I just
4: broke my fast.
1: You did? So that's, I, I that's thought tremendous. you just broke my back. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, no, um, no. Yeah, no, I'm great. You just broke your fast. What are you eating? What you eating, bubs?
6: Uh, I just had a poppy seed roll and I had some scrambled eggs. Beautiful. Love it. Hey, yeah, I'm going to have my world famous banana, of course.
1: Wor- a world famous banana. Just like a regular yep. banana, or do you prepare it a, a certain way? It's a Guatemalan banana. Oh, that's
6: wow. Those are the best. I we love Guatemalans
1: Maria. on this show. What up, Maria?
6: Yeah, uh, I never even knew that, that Maria was a banana aficionado until, you know, I... I don't know if she banana. claims to
1: be a banana aficionado, but um, she is from Guatemala.
6: Well, she, she's the one that taught me because oh. I, was eating a, I was eating a banana every day, and I post a daily banana every day on Facebook with some words of wisdom and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But one day I noticed on her gram, she posted a picture of a banana. Okay. So I hit her up. And I'm like, yo, do you know about my, my daily banana on Facebook? And she said, "No, she didn't know." So now we just—that's why. If you ever notice in the chat, we're posting banana emojis back and forth.
1: Oh, uh, uh Sometimes when I read the chat, yeah, I do see some uh, banana emojis flying now around. Now you know the backstory. Oh, Scout, ten dollars. She said, "Not me. God bless." <laughs> Uh, sorry, Joe. Pro, uh, no I'm, I'm,
6: congratulations on the $10. That's exciting. Thank you. I, hey, so I,
1: love me some $10. Absolutely. Thank you, it's, Scout. It's
6: so funny. Your last caller was talking about going back to the beginning because that's initially what went through my mind when I first heard your first topic and you're talking about getting offended. And yeah. I, I learned something in life and it's very helpful. You were talking about direct and like accusation like you or using your name, Anna.
1: Yeah. That and hurts. I found out. Sometimes. Yeah. I found out
6: that if you drop you and your and you use we, us, and our, you get a better result on everybody because you and yours direct, you and yours attacking the person, not the problem. But if we come together and we, us, and our oh. attack
1: the problem
6: instead of you sense. did this or you did that or you said this, hey, you know, I know we said this, mm-hmm. but you think we can go ahead and not say that in the future?
1: Yeah, I do remember learning <laughs> I messages, in uh, I think it was second grade when they said, I feel, you know, versus like you did. Or you know they they, they tried to, to tell us how to manage our emotions pretty young, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was a long time ago in the '90s. So they probably do it differently now. But uh, yeah. my
6: pastor just taught. He said if we could create a space between our thoughts and our actions, a larger space. Some of us have a little space. Some of us have a little more. But if we can create a like a, even just he called it a seven second dump button. If you could just dump out. If, if you know we mm-hmm. can't dump out things that we say in life, but you know if you do. I try to dump it before you say it. I've been dumping a lot. You know, I used to say a lot of wild things in chat and I just dump it out before I even say it. And sometimes it just helps just to say, "Hey, I dumped that out." Just yeah. so you know, "Hey, I had something to say, but you're lucky didn't need I didn't to be say said. it." You know what I'm yeah.
1: Saying? I do that all the, the time most, on the show. The most show. important
6: thing I have to impart on you and and this is something based off of yesterday and I'm not even going to be it's not stupid, it's actually wisdom. So I had learned in church two weeks ago that goodbye—the word goodbye—is like a shorter version. Of that. It initially came from "God be with ye."
1: Oh shit! I've been saying so goodbye if you my say whole goodbye,
6: life. Then you're kind of saying "God be with ye."
1: Yeah. Well, fuck. I'm just saying
6: that, that that's where that. So.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, later, dude. Is that how I need to? greet people on the way out salutations blessings i don't even want to say that i don't want to Why
6: blessings anyone. don't have to come from god i mean all blessings do come from god
1: but okay somebody well it could be blessed it's, it's a it gray area after. it's a gray area and i just don't feel comfortable um so uh later dude
6: yeah I guess. hey have a wonderful day it's been a blessing talking to you and i can't wait to have talk. have a to great
1: you weekend enjoy your, your guatemalan banana you too, and God bless. And later, dude. Uh, eight one three ninety bubba um, the line is open for all sorts of, uh, any sort of criticisms. Listen, no one takes criticism better than me, and I do pride myself on being the best fucking sport on this show. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows I Dan is good, too, and me just has to take a, a beating every day, but, you know, I- I, I do pride myself on the fact that, like, I can I can take a joke, obviously, but I can also take criticism because there, are, oftentimes I'm not the smartest person in the room or the person that knows something about, you know, the business. Yeah, I haven't been in the radio for 40 years like Bubba. 37. I'm rounding up. But I am always open to learning new things or adjustments. I'm not offended by that at all. And I am the most judgmental person that I know. So if I am going to be dishing it out, I should uh, also be able to take a dose of it myself. And that's fine. And I appreciate anybody. And the way that Dave, Dave called in from West Palm handled, handled it perfectly. You know, he started off with, I, 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 hey, I love you. You're great. You could work on a few things, bitch. And I go, OK, I'm all ears. Tell me, you know. And I feel like that's a, that makes you a more likable person when people can come to you with a problem and A, you're willing to listen to them and really hear them digest it and either then go, yeah, I'll, I will change that. Or, nah, no thanks, but I appreciate the input. So uh, feel free to call in eight one three ninety bubba Hello, who's this? Talk to me. Miss Anna. Mr. Man. Would you
4: please be my unhealthy fact? Because I
1: would like you hanging out on my body. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a boyfriend. Thank you. 813-90-BUBBA. Um, so many things to discuss. And, I mean, some of the things that we talked about weren't even on my list of things I wanted to talk about. Um, I do have a new crush. And it's on a girl. And I... And blown away. And I know maybe some of you already know who it is because I was singing her praises yesterday. But and you heard it here first. So mark the tape, June 2nd, my show. Um Casey, I almost said Anthony. <laughs> Casey DeSantis is going to win that motherfucker, Ron DeSantis, that seat in the White House. That bitch knows how to work. Holy shit. Um, blown away, absolutely blown away, especially someone who is a, like a broadcaster. Um, and not that I do a lot of public speaking. I don't really count this as public speaking because I can't see your face. It's a lot different just talking into a mic and just kind of knowing people are listening versus talking to a room full of people that are staring at you. I encourage you all to look at. The, there's a video of Casey DeSantis and Ron, and they're in uh, Iowa. I'm sure many of you already saw it. And this bitch is—she is schmoozing the crowd like I've never seen before. She's making jokes. I do wish Ron was would loosen up a little bit. He was making—she was making some jokes about him being a gas station connoisseur, and, like, he didn't even, you know, crack a smile. I'm like, Ron, lighten up a little bit. Um, She did fucking phenomenally. She's not—there was no ums. She's not just like a dumb housewife or anything like that. She is a mother, uh, a cancer survivor. She is absolutely stunningly beautiful. She's gorgeous. Great fashion sense. Great hair. Um, And she knows how to fucking work. And it is very hard, very hard to be and sound convincingly relatable, if that makes sense. I don't know if you guys um know or remember or follow Jennifer Lawrence. She's an actress, Hollywood actress. She would kind of got the um the reputation for being like the relatable chick next door who's like just like your best friend, but it's like super famous. Like she would be doing an interview or she would it would be like after a red carpet, whatever. And they'd be interviewing her and they'd ask her questions. She's like, I'm sorry, I just took a shot at tequila. I don't even know. She's like, I just saw Brad Pitt. Like she would mark out like as, as if she were just a regular person. And she's really, really, really good on like late night shows. Like she sounds really relatable. Her laugh is really, um, it sounds like a genuine laugh. It's like, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say it's an act, but she convinces people that she is super relatable. And that's really, really fucking rare because most people just sound like, you know, they might be polite or they're kind of like a little rigid or, you know, it's awkward talking to a group of people with, a, you know, or a, a man sitting across from you that you don't really know with a live audience and they're just staring at you to come across like you're just a regular person and you're comfortable in your own skin is very hard to convey. And I can't even really do it like public speaking wise. Casey Casey DeSantis. Fucking nailed it. She is winning over the crowd. She's talking about being a mom, the kids, and you know, she wasn't talking about the fuck you, the left, nothing. She's talking about her own family. She's talking about her own struggle with stuff. And, you know, thank God for grandma for watching the kids. Like this bitch could pay anybody to watch the kids. It's not. But she's she is talking to the average American person who is. She goes, I know that you guys have busy lives. Thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Just for cadence. She also has like somewhat of a, not a deep voice, but it's like a, it's not super high pitched feminine voice, which is perfect because I think that's what you want for someone who you sounds grounded. You know, kind of like the Elizabeth Holmes thing. She wanted to sound more dominant. Not that Casey, Ant- uh, Pfft, Casey DeSantis sounds dominant, but uh, she just sounds um, like not a dumb fucking airhead bimbo. She, just the way that she was addressing the crowd, she was so comfortable talking to them which, okay, Ron needs to be comfortable talking in front of a crowd because he's the one that's running for office. But I I don't know what she, I need to like look up stats on her or what she's been doing her whole life or, you know, the pedigree that she comes from. Um, But you don't just like walk out and start talking like that. I'm like, is this like a Bill and Hill thing? That's what I thought initially. Not that, you know, Ron DeSantis is going to start raping kids on, you know, Little St. James or whatever, but Um, I'm like, does she have political aspirations? Because she's fucking murdering right now to work a crowd like that. And her, she wasn't using a lot of filler words. Like, I noticed a lot of stuff like that. Her body language was really relaxed. She's um, doing pregnant pauses. She's talking about her family. She's kind of poking fun at her husband. Like, she's doing all the things that a normal person does. But it's so hard to manufacture in a really, like abnormal situation like talking in front of a group of people like it's easy maybe to, to convey that to like your best friend But it's really hard to convey that to a, a group of people when, when it's on camera So and she is doing that and I was just like watching her yesterday and I was like, oh this You know whenever someone sends you a clip or something like oh, fuck, I fuck have to watch this five-minute clip for work and I'm like eh. It, it felt like it was 20 seconds and it was over. I'm like I want more where I want more Casey She is so beautiful. She's stunning. She is poised She is relatable she is, you know, she didn't have that like high pitch. She wasn't saying like normal talking points from the left or the right, you know. wasn't You know, the 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 right, the left is saying shit about like we be inclusive, bullshit like that, and yay. And the right is saying things like you know, like they're they're trying to kill our kids and fucking shove their shit down the throat. Uh, yay. She's not doing that. She's talking about herself. She's talking, making herself thank you, thanking the crowd for coming out. I know that it's you guys have busy schedules. I know that money is tight. Like, and it's not even what she was saying, but how she was saying it. I was so impressed by her. And I was like, this bitch is the golden ticket. Ron, step aside and let your wife talk. She's not dumb. She's not a bimbo. She's not like, oh my God, I'm like just so proud of him. He's so amazing. And like, we really support him. She had her own fucking ideas. And she was just, she was going on. I mean, I I only saw a clip of it. She probably went on for like 20 minutes. It's not easy to do fucking 20 minutes of stand up. She's fucking Feeling it. And the only problem was like, Ron needs to be cracking a smile a little bit more because it's it's really weird when everybody else is laughing and Ron is just like deadpan behind her. And I was really like zooming in on his face. I'm like, Ron, lighten up. It's okay. Um. And so she was giving props to her husband, but also, you know, kind of making fun of him a little bit. It, it was just, it was so fucking good. And I was like, oh my God. They, and at first I was like, she's going to get him the ticket to the White House. And then I was like, wait a second. Does she want to be in the White House? I mean, like Hillary Clinton style in the White House. So I honestly would not be um, shocked if you know, fifteen years from now, Casey Desantis is is running for office. I, I wouldn't be surprised because that bitch knows how to work. Man, she just she has she has the charisma. She has the charisma that Ron kind of doesn't a little bit. It's a little bit of a reversal situation with the Bill and Hill thing because Bill had all the charisma and obviously, you know, aspirations to be in charge and rape kids, but and adults, but, um, you know, Hillary did not have any of that charisma. You know, it was very apparent she was a demon from hell, not saying that that's Ron DeSantis, but Ron just seems a little bit on the rigid end of, th- uh, end of things and Casey really like she can really soften it up. You know, she sound she seems warm and welcoming and maybe it's a fucking act and I'm getting duped, but she is awesome. Awesome. Like forget about even just like Paul, I'm not even talking about politics. I'm just talking about delivery and being able to convey that sort of like vulnerability, relatability, you know, to kind of coming down from, you know, the high horse of living in the governor's mansion to go, I I get it. You know, money's tight. Like when people talk to you like you're like, yeah, money is tight. Fuck. Like she's money is not tight for that bitch, okay? She's going to Japan dressed like a goddamn geisha, okay? But she is making it seem like she gets your plight. And maybe she does, maybe she's been you know, money's been tight before, probably not. But whatever. She is just making you think she knows what it's like. Um, but very impressed by her. You know, because I just thought she was a trophy wife. You know, I was like, is she going to be like a Melania but without a Slovakian accent? No, not at all. Very articulate, very smart, very good at public speaking. Uh, seems like a strong woman. knows what she what she wants, who she's backing. Doesn't seem highly emotional. Has a, a like a not a deep voice, but again, just kind of kind of like a voice like mine. Not too high, not too low, just right. But um, I I could not get enough Casey, I want to say Anthony, uh, DeSantis, she is phenomenal, and I do think that she's going to be a major player, because as Ron gets more and more in the spotlight, so will she, and the more that she shines, I really feel like she's going to reach out to, you know, maybe more of the women base, uh maybe more of the the younger people, Um, and as someone who isn't like a Bible-thumping, crazy evangelical either, she doesn't strike me as one of those either where she just seems like she's more invested in American values versus, like, Christian values. So I just think that um, Ron DeSantis hit the jackpot with this bitch because she is just, she's got it all. She has got it all. I love Casey DeSantis just because she's such a good power play. She makes him look so fucking good. Like a beautiful wife. Gave him three beautiful kids. Got it together. Great hair. Cancer survivor. Young, like in her 40s, mostly people are like, you know, their fucking 80s. Like, she's just, just killing it. Stunning, beautiful, great fashion sense, and can schmooze the crowd. So, big fan, big fan. Hello, who's this?
3: Hi, Anna, it's Mark.
1: Mark the Frog. I think you might be my last call for the for the day, Mark.
3: I just really enjoy your show, and I'm, out, I'm watching in my truck on my laptop live, so I think I'll give you a call.
1: Thank you so much for calling in. Um, Are you excited for the weekend? Do you have anything planned? Are you delivering potatoes?
3: No, I'm in uh, Summerside, Prince Edward Island. I'm I'm at the lobster plant. Lobster, uh, got it. I'm waiting they're loading lobster in my truck. I'm thirty forty thousand pounds of lobster tails.
1: Amazing. I I gotta bring love sea insects. Yeah. Yep.
3: It's fourteen hours drive.
1: Yeah lobster is expensive. I hear. I've I've never had lobster before. I have yes, no idea what it tastes it like. About, but people like it. People about, love it.
3: It's about six hundred thousand dollars Canadian money. That oh price
1: my god, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I still don't get the whole sea insect thing. The crustacean deal with mussels and scallops and crabs and lobster. It just seems like they're insects that live in the ocean. And then people eat them. And that's strange to me because they seem like unsightly creatures. No?
3: I, I, I eat it once in a while. I'm okay. not a big fan, but I, I'll eat it once in a while. Right. But it's quite expensive. So. Yeah,
1: sure. The sea insects are so expensive. They are, though. So, yeah, friends,
3: uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, it's, go ahead.
3: Uh, yeah, I got to drive 14 hours, and then I'll be home tomorrow afternoon sometime, I guess.
1: Okay, well, drive safe, man. All right? And thank you for calling You're no in.
3: Problem.
1: Thank you. You God. have a great uh, weekend. G- GB. Thank you. Can I say GB would that be if I didn't say but I just said GB would that be? I don't know. I'll bring it up to Bubba. See how he feels about the matter on Monday. I got to get the fuck out of here. Just been rambling for 112 minutes. Wow. Sorry. That was almost 2 hours. Sorry to, um, not Dave, Dave from West Palm, who is on hold for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, I appreciate you and I will, um, be better about taking calls in the future. Will I? I hope so. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you Monday morning. Don't drink and drive. Be safe. Spend time with your loved ones, friends, family eat whole foods, get sun, get some fucking sleep, and urban fast. God bless.